Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I was away for a week uh, because I was celebrating my five-year anniversary, wedding anniversary with my wife uh, over the weekend. So that's why I couldn't come out with some more podcasts, but you guys don't care about that. You just want that info. I get it. But you guys are going to put in your waiver claims tonight, so I'm going to get right into the waiver wire for week four. Um, not a whole lot on the waiver wire this week, but you know I think it's important to use these type of weeks to build on the future. You know, add some speculative guys. You know, who can make a difference for you on bye weeks. Um, you know, and have them on your roster before they blow up and appear as a must add. You know, on this podcast a few weeks down the line. Um, so. All, all the ownership percentages that I'm going to talk about is from Yahoo. Uh, if you're on the ESPN league, it's probably less owned. For some reason, ESPN, you know, it, you know, maybe there aren't as active players when it comes to... I, I don't know if they update it properly. I'm not really sure. But usually, whatever percentage Yahoo shows, that seems a little bit more reflective on active fantasy players than the percentage that ESPN shows. So, you know, if there's a percentage that I say that it's probably less owned on, on ESPN... Um, so Darren Sproles, you know, he's going to be out for the year after tearing his ACL and breaking his arm on the same play. My God. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, Darren Sproles, he's eighth all time uh, in all purpose yards, which is kind of, you know, spectacular when you think about it. This dude is like five foot four inches tall. Um, so like, you know, the fact that he was able to do that, I mean, obviously this includes punt return and kick return yardage as well, but still, I mean, it's pretty, pretty impressive. So he's out for this year. You know, this might be his last year, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. Uh, but Wendell Smallwood is going to be the one seeing the most benefit. Um, he saw 43 snaps once Sproles went out. You know, LeGarrette Blunt, he saw 22, and Clement, Corey Clement, that is, he saw 7. So, Smallwood, you know, he's going to be involved in both the run and the pass game, so he's going to be extra valuable in PPR formats. He did see 8 third down snaps as well. Um, He's not going to get goal line carries, but, you know, he will, and, you know, he can be used in red zone situations. He did see 4 snaps inside the 10-yard line on Sunday. Um, Corey Clement, you know, I don't see him as a threat to Smallwood's workload as of right now, but it is possible in the future, and it is possible that he gets some carries in the next game. He did look good in the preseason, and he looked good behind that line. So, you know, he's also a speculative ad as well, um, you know, because of this situation. But Smallwood is definitely the guy uh, to own at this point. And, uh, you know, just a note, Doug Peterson, he did talk about acquiring a back through the waiver wire or trade. So just keep that in mind as well when you're when you're making this decision. But you know, Smallwood's probably the guy um, who who is likely to get most of the work in this backfield. Deontay Foreman, uh, and by the way, I just want to I'm going through all these guys, not necessarily in the order that I would pick them up, but you know, I'm going to kind of go through them and, and talk about what their situation is. Um, so Deontay Foreman, and by the way, Wendell Smallwood is eight percent owned. Just wanted to. Uh, clarify that he's available in almost every league. Deontay Foreman, he's 17% owned right now. You know, if you're starting him, you know, it's a little bit desperate, but, you know, he's getting work. Um, you know, he's a little bit of a timeshare right now, um, but if he's on your bench, it's a smart hold. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that, like, he has potential for the future and he has some present value as well if you need to plug him into your lineup. You know, he has a chance of outperforming Lamar Miller, he has a chance of increasing his workload. 
he has a chance of taking over because of an injury. And it worse comes to worse. I mean, he just has a chance of keeping his role that he has right now, which isn't that bad. So having him on your team is a good idea. You know, you know, right now is his lowest value. So, you know, it's only going to go up from here. There's a lot of good reasons to stash him. Uh, Chris Johnson, he's 46% owned. He looked pretty bad on Monday night. You know, that Cardinals offensive line didn't look good either. Um, but the Lions should be getting one, at least one of those offensive linemen back uh, this week. And, you know, another one back very soon. So he has a good matchup at home against San Francisco this week if you need a spot start. Bruce Arians did come out today and said that he's still going to be their starter in week four despite the performance um, on Monday night. CJ Proceis, he's 18% owned right now, and you might want to pick him up just before Seattle really starts rolling. Uh, they did start rolling in this game. Russell Wilson had an incredible game, but apparently a lot of people haven't caught on since he's available in most leagues. The number one target on any team is fantasy relevant, especially if they're getting close to 10 targets per game. Um, he's a great asset in any PPR format, and he's a guy you can plug and play on most weeks, um, you know, to get that solid volume, uh, especially in a PPR league. You know, and if you want, if you're in a standard league, I would say Alan Hearns is probably the better add. He's 38% of 38% owned in Yahoo leagues. Um, he's more of a big play receiver. Um, and he's a he's a fine ad, you know, if you can't get Lee. But if you're in a standard league, Hearns is, is the better ad just because he might not get the volume you're looking for, um, but, you know, he can still get you a good fantasy day, and he has a, he's a better chance of scoring a touchdown than Marquise Lee. Um, and, we, and we've seen him and Bortles have a good connection in 2015 when Bortles had his ridiculous year. So, um, you know, both of those are, are pretty good ads. Um, they should have been added last week, so hopefully you can get them this week um, as guys with extra opportunity. Danny Amendola, a lot of people have, a lot of people cut him, um, you know, after he got hurt, assuming that he's going to be out for a while, which is, you know, a, a good assumption. But you know, he's back. Um, he didn't have such a huge day, so you might be able to get him on the cheap. You might not need to spend that much fab on him, but you know, he's pretty dependable as Brady's slot receiver when when Edelman's not in. So I personally, I'm picking him up. I'm starting him with confidence. Every week, as long as Brady's the, Brady's the quarterback and, you know, I'm in a PPR format, you know, any PPR format, I think, you know, he'll give you a solid floor. Um, he, he, even this game, he wasn't so bad, but um, I, I think that with, you know, this was a very awkward game uh, to begin with, with Houston, you know, doing what they were doing. So um, a lot of big plays in this game and uh, it wasn't Amandolo's type of game, and even though he did pick up that that late third and long, um, you know, to, to set up um, Brady for a touchdown. But, um, you know, he's, he's a guy who you can plug and play each and every week as long as Edelman's not in and Edelman's not playing the whole year. So Amendola, as long as he's healthy, I'm putting him in my lineup. Devin Funchess, he's 20% owned. Um, he had six targets and 10 targets in the last two games. And that was partly because of Greg Olson's injury and him being out. Um, so Cam Newton is looking for him. Uh, but now that Benjamin got hurt, you know, we don't know if he's going to be ready for week four. It wasn't anything serious. So um, if Benjamin doesn't go, Devin Funches would be a good play. Um, so, you know, just, just look out for, I doubt Funches will be added, you know, on waivers. Um, you know, you might be able to get him as a free agent. So just watch out um, and, and keep an eye out on Kelvin Benjamin. 
Rashard Higgins, um, you know, he was pretty disappointing this week. He didn't get as many targets this past Sunday, but it did seem like the Colts were trying to limit him. Um, they also saw what he did last week. It wasn't just us it was who were picking him up off the waiver wire. It was the Colts also noticing uh, what the what the Browns were doing. Um, but, you know, he still had six targets. He had 11 the week before. He is a talented player who, if given the opportunity, he can shine. So he's a bit of a stash right now. Um, There's still room for a number one wide receiver to emerge in this offense. It isn't clear yet, um, but it should be clear, you know, over the next couple weeks. So I'm still holding on to him. Sterling Shepard, he's only 36% owned right now, but I feel like that should be a lot higher. Um, With Eli Manning having no time to throw with this horrible offensive line, um, Shepard, you know, he's going to be the main the main beneficiary for all those quick throws coming out of the slot. The volume is going to be there as a whole for this passing offense since they've realized they cannot run the ball. So, you know, Shepard, he's a fine play each and every week with the upside for a touchdown and, you know, with the upside of him getting a bunch of targets and racking up some points in PPR leagues. Jerron Brown, he's only 4% owned. Do you remember when uh, John Brown went out with that injury and Bruce Arians said that Jerron Brown was going to be their number two wide receiver. Well, that that's kind of held up. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, obviously their number one receiver. Um, and Jerron Brown, he's the one who's been getting the target share, not J.J. Nelson. J.J. Nelson had the better numbers and the better fantasy day. But Jerron Brown, um, he had six targets and 11 targets in the last two games. Um, he could have came away from Monday Night Football with three touchdowns. He caught one. He caught a second, which was called back for a hold. And then he caught a third red zone target, which he caught, but barely, you know, he could, he almost pulled it in, but he couldn't keep his second foot in bounds. So Palmer is targeting him and, you know, he needs to be rostered. If you need a spot start, he's totally, he's a good start this week against the 49ers. Uh, Tyler Lockett, 41% owned. Paul Richardson, 11% owned. If Doug Baldwin misses time um, with that, with that, I think he he had a career high in passing yardage, um, you know, along with those four touchdowns that he threw. But uh, Procise could have some value uh, once this offense really picks up steam. He had a couple of downfield targets, and he has the ability to make those plays um, on those balls. So, um, and we did see him catch one of those on Sunday. Chris Carson, he's going to have his role. Procise is going to have his role. Um, you know, in passing situations and third down. So in PPR leagues, he's definitely a good pickup. Speaking of PPR leagues, Alvin Kamara, he's 40% owned right now. He He's very involved in the Saints offense for a rookie. Um, you know, and we know he has a talent. He did really well in preseason. He had a couple good games already uh, to start the, the, the regular season. Um, and two, through three weeks, Kamara, he's had 20 touches, mostly in the passing game. Um, and we know that in this offense, that's very valuable. Um, and I would try to own him before the Saints, uh, before the Saints really start rolling. Um, and my guess is that him and Ingram, you know, they're going to have their roles grow while, you know, Adrian Peterson will take more of a backseat as much as he might dislike that. Um, you know, I, I really think that, you know, AP, you know, he doesn't fit this offense um, as much as we think he does. Um or, or we, or as much as we think he did, um, and it doesn't seem like Sean Payton really cares to give him more work. So, um, I, you know, I think Ingram and Kamara is going to see more work as this season progresses, as they start rolling. So, um, I would ha- try to have Kamara on my bench. I hope you guys missed that Jaguars Ravens game on Sunday morning because it was just terrible. 
you know, the Jaguars just spanked the Ravens. It was it was it was really bad. It it was like the Ravens were just like, all right, you know what? Um, let's not even prepare for this game. Let's just prepare for the next week now, so that we can just go to London, have fun, and come back. I mean, it was that bad. Alex Collins is a guy I want to talk about. Um, Terrence West he fumbled in the second half. Um, and after that, Alex Collins got a handful of carries, and he took advantage of the opportunity. He got a bunch of chunk gains. Like he was averaging like ten yards per carry, you know, at, at one point. Um, but you know, West he was never really the Ravens' solution at running back. He's kind of like this placeholder. So if there's any inkling that someone can take over, it's worth paying attention to. Um, and you know. We could also see West get 20 carries next week because we've seen that before uh, on this team. But it's worth a speculative ad, you know, just in case Collins all of a sudden becomes the guy to own this backfield, um, especially on early downs. Duke Johnson, 53% owned. You know, the Browns, they cannot stay in games. You know, we thought that their offensive line would, would improve, it, and it did. But, you know, it, it's not helping their defense. Their defense can't keep them in games. And Duke Johnson has been getting a lot of work because of that. He has 18 targets so far in the year. They're very healthy. Um, I think he had five, six, and seven targets, respectively, over the first three weeks. So his workload's increasing as far as the passing game goes. Um, he's getting more involved with each game. Um, so, I, you know, and Isaiah Crowell, he hasn't been seeing much work in the second half of games. Um, I think he had two touches in, in week three in the second half, which is pretty bad. And, and it was kind of our fear coming into the year. Um, Johnson, he's a great pass catcher who can provide some good fantasy value in PPR leagues. So if he's available in your leagues, he's available in just, uh, you know, a half of leagues on Yahoo. So um, if he's available, pick him up. And, uh, you know, he's a fine start. Even though Bruce Arians came out and said that Chris Johnson is the starter for week four, I would still add Andre Ellington, especially in PPR leagues. He's had 16 targets on the year so far for 106 yards, um, and he he actually looked better than Chris Johnson um, as an in-between-the-tackles guy um, you know, on, on Monday night against the Cowboys. So you know they did start giving him some carries in the second half, and he looked, he looked pretty good. I, I think the concern is that they just don't want to give Ellington too much work just because he's very injury-prone, and we've seen you know once he starts getting the, that workload, he just gets hurt. So I don't think uh, Bruce Arians wants to do that because they need a solid pass-catching option coming out of the backfield, as we've seen on Monday night. Um, so you know he is worth adding in PPR leagues as a weapon you know, for Carson Palmer. But, you know, he might get a little bit of an increase of a workload, um, you know, so he's a little bit of a speculative ad as, as well just to see if he gets some more uh, early down work just because of the ineptitude of that position in Arizona. G- Going to move on to wide receivers now. Marquise Lee, 48% owned. You know, after Allen Robinson went out, Lee has had 19 targets in the last two games, which leads the team. Uh, he was an ad last week in the waiver wire podcast, but had groin injury, Lockett, he's going to see a lot more opportunity. He was on the field for 90% of the snaps, you know, and the same goes for Paul Richardson. He looked good in his opportunity, has a couple of red zone grabs earlier um, this year. So um, he's pretty consistent so far in his t- target totals too. He had seven targets, five targets, seven targets. So uh, both of these guys are good plays if Baldwin misses time. Um, even if he doesn't miss time, these are guys that should be owned on rosters you know, before the Seahawks offense blows up a bit. Uh, Josh Doxson, he's 6% owned. 
you know, the reason why I'm putting him on this list is because Kirk Cousins, he doesn't seem to trust any of his receivers besides Chris Thompson at this point. He doesn't even want to throw it to Terrell Pryor. You know, he, he looks at his way and he doesn't throw it. And, you know, when he does throw it, you know, it's it hasn't looked pretty so far this year. Um, but if Doxon, you know, we saw Doxon get that, really, have that nice touchdown grab for his first catch of the year. Um, but if he comes along, he has the opportunity for a decent target share and to gain Kirk Cousins' trust. Um, his snap share has increased week to week, 32% in week one, 41% in week two, 53% in week three. And that percentage was more than Ryan Grant. So that's that's pretty significant and a, and a telling sign that he has a chance of overtaking Ryan Grant and becoming part of that three wide receiver starting lineup that the Redskins love so much. So he's super talented as we've seen him in college. You know, he was a first-round pick. He's a great stash at this point. Uh, I'm not starting him next week, but, you know, he's a hold to see when he emerges, emerges as one of the main targets in this offense. Bruce Allenton, he's not owned. No one's going to pick him up, but he's someone to target as a speculative ad in PPR leagues. He might be a guy that you pick up, you know, like on Sunday before the Texans game, just in case he has a good PPR day. Um, you know, and if he doesn't, just drop him after that game and then pick up somebody else from the later game. But he's talented. He saw a lot of work in the preseason and he looked good doing it. Um, he got a concussion in that first game. Uh, but, you know, he can possibly be a solid option if Hopkins is the focus of every opposing defense. Um, and even when Will Fuller comes back, he's more of that deep threat. So I don't really see that role um, being conflicted. So he's an ad, not somebody who's going to win you a week, but somebody who can give you, you know, five to seven catches per game, um, you know, for like 60 to 70 yards. That's the type of player I'm talking about here. So moving on to tight ends, Ben Watson, like I said, horrible Ravens game. I'm throwing it out, um, not worried about it. But we know that Joe Flacco loves to target the tight end on short throws, and Watson, he's a good PPR option most weeks. He, he can give you, you know, anywhere from like 10 targets. So, you know, if he catches seven or eight of them, you know, you're looking good in a PPR league. Evan Ingram, 39% owned. He's been solid. He's been consistent. He had five, seven, and seven targets over the first three weeks. So with not a lot of time to throw, Ingram would be another guy on top of Shepard who would be a good candidate for these types of targets to continue coming from, from Manning. And, you know, he can possibly get into the end zone as well. Um, he's that big body receiver type of tight end. So um, <clears throat> I would expect to see some of that coming this year as well. So Charles Clay, another guy, 23% owned. He's been the main passing target for the Bills over the first three games outside of LaShawn McCoy. He's had nine, three, and six targets over the last couple of weeks. So, And he's also their main red zone look. So he's, he's a guy, if you're in need of tight end, which a lot of us are, um, he's a guy that you could add and, and plug and play. Jared Cook also is a pretty plug and play type of guy right now. He's been pretty consistent, targeted by Derek Carr. Even in the Raiders debacle on Sunday night, um, he got like, six targets in that game so if he can get five to seven targets per game he should produce low-end tight end one numbers on a weekly basis uh you know coming out of this Raiders offense Austin Severian Jenkins his first game back from suspension um you know we know that Josh McCown likes tight ends um and ASJ he's four percent owned right now he had six targets to lead the team in his first game back from suspension so that's a good sign things should be pointing upwards for Safarian Jenkins um, in games to come. He did make a couple of nice grabs in this game, so he's somebody that, um, you know, he has a really high ceiling. He's a guy that, um, you know, we've all liked in the fantasy community for a while. It's just that he can never get his act together. So if he's truly a changed man, 
I don't know. There were some reports that he was coming, you know, into that third game out of shape, but I don't know how true that is um, because he looked pretty good in in week three. So, um, you know, he's a guy to add. I'm not starting him next week, but I'm kind of just seeing how things roll uh, with that team and how the targets distribute uh, with him on the field. So that's all I got. Uh, I'm coming with QB streamers tomorrow, uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, good luck tonight. You know, put in your waivers. Um, hopefully, you wake up tomorrow with the guys that you wanted. Um, thanks a lot, guys, for listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. You can catch me at Farasadiki on Twitter at F A R A Z S I D D I Q I on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy. That's probably where we're most active. Um, upperhandfantasy.com and on Twitter at upperhandffb. So hit us up, DM me on Instagram if you have any, if you have any questions, want to talk, hit me up. Uh, have a great day, guys. Bye-bye.